Good morning and welcome. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. And we continue with our series protocol of his presence. Catechism is defined as a manual of religious instructions, usually arranged in the form of questions and answers. I'm sure if you joined church when you were younger, you must have gone through this catechism classes. So it is used to instruct the young to win converts and as a testimony of one's faith. One of the oldest catechism is the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which was written in 1646 by English and Scottish theologians. The first question asked in that document is, what is the chief end of man? The answer given to this question is that man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Worship is one of the themes given a very strong emphasis throughout the Bible. And while we cannot rule out the place of some rituals and certain public acts of worship, biblical instructions for worship always seem to demand that worship must be infused with a heartfelt commitment, with faith, with love, and zeal. You see, worship with with faith, with love, and zeal. Worship is an integral part of our relationship with God. It is indeed the chief end of man. And so today, as we continue to talk about the protocols of being in the presence of God, I want us to look at the place of worship in all this. You know, protocol is what determines if someone will be deemed worthy of being in the presence of the, of the person they are seeking to have audience with. You break protocol and you can be sure that that meeting is not going to happen. We seek audience with the Lord of the universe, the King of Kings. There is protocol to be followed before we can be granted audience with him. And worship is part of this protocol. And we are going to continue reading Psalms 29. We are still in verse 1. We covered uh, the first part yesterday. And allow me to read again verse 1. And we will dive deeper in the second part which says, Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Yes, worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And because we talked about the first part of this psalm yesterday, and if you missed it, just go and listen to what we talked about yesterday in uh, day Day six. I want us to talk in detail about the second part of this reading. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. And I'm sure if you have been in places where I have led worship, I am so much used to saying this. Worship the Lord 
in the beauty, in the splendor of His holiness. Shakar is the Hebrew word that translates to worship. And the English word means to ascribe worth to a person or an object. Shaka means to bow down. And understanding the word in this context brings out three aspects of worship. It brings out humility, submission, and a physical aspect of worship. Worship begins with humility. It begins with an expression of expression and acknowledgement that God is worthy of our complete surrender. Worship is an acknowledgement of God's superiority and right to command us and our willingness to submit to his will and purpose. And the outer and physical response in worship serves as a reminder to the inner person that he must submit. And so what David is reminding us in this psalm is that we must approach God with humility. We must approach his throne in total submission to his will. David appeals to us to bow down, to submit our, our will and mind to the will and the mind of God. He is appealing us to have an eye to the Lord's splendor, to adore his infinitely amiable and awe-inspiring nature, to delight in the beauty of his holiness, to devote ourselves to him, to lend our praises and oblations to him. David is appealing to us to open our eyes and savor the beauty of the Lord's holiness, to take it all in and respond with worship, a sincere worship that is motivated by genuine love and gratitude for how holy the Lord is. This is a call to let our worship be informed by the nature of God, by who He is, by what He is like, to let our worship be rooted in the holiness of God, to let our worship be tethered to the holy nature of God. David is appealing for the kind of worship that is grounded and focused on what we know about our God rather than hearsay, the kind of worship that conforms to what the Lord God has revealed about himself. This is the inner essence of worship. This is what all external expression of worship must be rooted in. Because if we do not understand why we are worshiping, if we cannot bring our hearts to recognize and acknowledge the splendor of the Lord's holiness, then all our outwardly acts of worship will be in vain. And that is why Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 8 to 9, that these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. You see, the people were simply going through the motion of religion. They were putting on a show without any commitment or reflection about God. They were devoted to a religious system, not to the Lord. And this is why David calls us to worship 
and he gives a reason for that worship. That we are worshiping the Lord in acknowledgement of the splendor of his holiness. This is what we call informed worship. This is conscious worship. Worship that engages the active mind, the heart, the affections, the totality of our being. And how I pray that we could comprehend the beauty of this kind of worship. That we could understand the meaning of being in the transforming presence of the living God. I know we said the other day that we have been granted free and limited access to the Lord. That we can approach him whenever we need to. But I think it is inappropriate that we should just budge into the holy presence without following the protocols of being in such a presence, without even contemplating the holiness before which we are going. Our hearts, our minds, our souls, our body need to be there in that moment to acknowledge the Lord's presence. We said last week, we spend so much time preparing to meet celebrities, bosses, monarchs, and presidents. But sometimes we think nothing of busting in the presence of God when the scripture provides us with clear protocols and pathways into his presence. You see, worship is a stage in this pathway. It is a requirement in this spiritual protocol that we cannot afford to ignore. And remember in day two, we talked about this in Psalms 100. Shout triumphantly to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to the Lord. Praise his name. This is our call to worship. This is our call to acknowledge the holiness, the greatness, and the splendor of our God. This is the chief goal of our existence. This is a step in the protocol of being in the presence of the Lord that we cannot disregard. And I pray today that we may take worship with the seriousness it deserves that we may approach the seed of mercy with humility and absolute submission, that we may submit our will and minds to the purposes of God. I pray that we may learn to reflect on and to delight in the beauty of His holiness, that our worship may be informed by the nature of our God, that our worship may conform to what the Lord has revealed to us about himself. May we desire to offer the Lord genuine, conscious worship. May we desire to understand the pathway to his presence in Jesus' mighty name. Shalom. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights and this is protocol of his presence day seven.